Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach. Happy Mama Truth Monday. It's Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach here, ready for another Mama Truth Show. And mamas, I have to tell you, we have a beautiful, radiant, turned on treat for you today. I have the incredible Liana Silver here with me today, who is the author of this brand new book that, oh, look at my shirt even matches. It's like we coordinated. <laughs> Feminine <laughs> Genius, The Provocative Path to Waking Up and Turning on the Wisdom of Being a Woman. I want to tell you a little bit more around Liana. She teaches, she coaches, she speaks, she writes, and she's all about supporting success-minded women to wake up their body wisdom, turn on their feminine strength, and live brilliant lives aligned with their desires. So with that, Liana, welcome, my dear, to the Mama Truth Show. I'm so delighted and excited to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. It's really a, like a little walk with angels every time I get to hang out with you. Oh, thanks. That's so sweet. Thank you. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, as you know, I've been devouring your book. It is, it, seriously, mamas, you need to go and pick up this book. I always say when um, people are on and we're talking about a book, Pick up three copies. Pick one for yourself and the little girl within you. Pick up one for a woman that you know in this moment needs this work and needs to feel that sense of waking up and turning on. And then pick up one to just have on your bookshelf and then literally you'll be having people over for a barbecue and someone will say something and you'll be like, oh, I have the book for you. And then you can gift it to someone. Because it, this is one of those books that um, really is a rally cry for us as women. And you know, mamas, how much I'm all about truth telling. And Liana is a fellow truth teller. And the way in this book that you allow us to see our dark places and shine the light in our dark places, and then also really wake us up to the goodness and the gratitude and the appreciation and the wonder of being a woman has just blown me away. So I just thank you for writing this work. And thank you for putting it out into the world and letting all of us breathe you in. It's just a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's it's food. It's nutrition. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, let's talk about this feminine genius. Like what, what does that really mean to you? And I'm curious also specifically what that means to you as a mom. Mm. So just to put a few words or definitions yeah. to it. I like to say that women are like light bulbs, meaning we're strong and we're bright and luminous when we're turned on and we're plugged into source. And so feminine genius is like that source energy. It's what we plug into. It is what flows through the wires and uh, filaments, right? And allows the light bulb or the woman to illuminate. To, mm -hmm. to and so it is this electric life force source energy. And it's definitely the light, and it's also the woman who is lit. Mm. So that's kind of what we're dealing with here. For me, uh, as a mom, I think as a human, definitely as a woman or a girl, the world is designed not by, mostly, not by conspiracy theory. <laughs> 
mostly. <laughs> mostly. Um, yeah. Mostly, it's a, just a function of dominant culture and, and the way that modernity happens for all of us, but it's really not built for the feminine in all of us, regardless of your gender, to flourish. It's definitely not built with an understanding or an appreciation or a value for our, uh, what I would say, intuitive, sensual, cyclical, kind of the up and down, the emotional feeling parts, the connective parts of us, those get super squashed. And so we do that too. We hide them away, we shove them down, and we, we soldier on in a world that really values our masculine strengths. So back to your question, I think life in general can dim us down. I think motherhood, although, you know, you connect deeply to another kind of source energy and to divine wonder, but it's a lot of work. You start on the job with major sleep deprivation, in my case, emergency surgery. Um, And, you know, then these things come up along the way where you thought you might have dealt with your martyr complex before. You might have dealt with your overgiving or your inability to receive help. And then it comes up again for, for another, another check. Um, but I do, I, I, I have used a measuring stick throughout. And look, I am definitely not saying I'm a parenting expert. I have a five-year-old. I have one child, and so I'm a new mom, right? I will say, though, that because I've been doing a specific kind of coaching and what I call belief repatterning with clients for years and years, about 14 years, that I get to talk with their children, meaning their inner children. Yes. You know, so it's not the same thing, but I really get to see what they were missing from their own upbringings and from the world at that time and what makes the difference to have us feel whole and complete people. So maybe, you know, again, this is what I bring to my parenting. And um, I think that's it. I think if we can have all parts of us acknowledged and appreciated and valued that balance, uh, man, there's a lot that you, a lot of weird destruct, self-destructive and other destructive stuff. I don't, I think we could avoid if we just feel okay about ourselves. I mean, and I'm talking to the choir here with you, Amy. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, I always believe we teach what we most need to learn. It's like, I'm always relearning and relearning and then relearning as a mom and relearning through my daughter's eyes and then seeing that reflection. And then all of a sudden being like, oh my gosh, I didn't think that I had a control freak in me, but then I'm fucking potty training my kid and I'm like a nightmare. So (laughs) more work to do, right? (laughs) Another, another stage of parenting, another way of seeing (laughs) my own, you know, my own dark places, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Well, and so it's like, I, I so appreciate that you said that about motherhood because it really is that interesting journey you know, of coming on the job, being sleep deprived, like it's what, what an adventure motherhood is. And, um, and, and being that place where all of a sudden we can turn off that light switch where we can dim down and become subservient to the grind of motherhood. And so what are some of those signs that you feel like for women, like with the women that you work with, whether they're a mom or not a mom, but where their light is not turned, like where it's been dimmed down, where it's even turned off, where it's like, there's nothing to see here. (laughs) You know, what are some of those signs? Yeah. So I would say these are just some 
almost little patterns that I notice with women. So if there is this feeling or this pattern of, I always second guess myself, mm-hmm. that sort of, right? We hear that, we say that, we hear that all the time. Um, or someone who is just like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm just here to give. Yeah. I definitely think there's the, um, I feel like something's missing. Yeah. That's all there is. I feel like something's missing here. And those, as we drill down, usually it's, it goes all across the board, but usually comes back to a sense that I can't need anything. I can't want, desire, or need because that would make me needy and repel- repellent in some way or unlovable in some way. So I'm not going to ask ever, but I'm going to give. And it has all kinds of ramifications and it kind of comes out in those those patterns that I just mentioned. Yeah. Um, uh, partially because even though we all know when we probably even say, put on your own oxygen mask on first, and you know, I don't think it really gets into our bodies to to realize that um, yeah, man, if we're dim and we're running on fumes, we're pulling on our body systems, we're pulling on our adrenals, we're pulling on our thyroid, we're pulling on, you know, inflammation in the body, and we're we're modeling an unsustainable way of being human to our kids. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think that's the thing I know for me, when I was at one of my book launch events for my first book and I had, um, women turn to a partner just in the room and say what they were hard on themselves about. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards I took some shares and this woman stood up and said, I'm here with my daughter. Her daughter was like in her early twenties. She said, we're hard on ourselves about the exact same and I was like like, oh my gosh because as you and I both know we can write about this we can teach about this we can coach about this we can know this in our rational brain but it's like our children are going to model what they see us doing not what they see us saying but what what, who they see us being yeah you know so for me it's like when I know that I have these little witnesses that are standing in front of me all the time that are watching so it's such a an inspiration for me and sometimes a pressure for me to do my own work so that I can really be modeling all these things that I know in my heart and know in my brain are right but can be really hard to do on a day-to-day basis. You know, I don't mean to scare anybody, but just from how I've been working with, with adults, working yeah. with adults, but about their own imprints and memories as children, that we definitely are watching what, what our parents do and we're hearing what they say, but we're also feeling and intuiting. Right. So it's a little bit like their x-ray machines. Like they yeah. kind of, you can't really hide it. You can't be dissing yourself in the mirror and then it gets in there somehow. Right. So I don't want to scare anybody, but it is, it is, it's beautiful to go through and through. I'm going to get this through and through, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I feel like it's like if any of those things, and so mama's watching like, what's the thing that you think you can hide from your kids? That's what you can't. Like they, they're so freaking intuitive, especially like now I feel like we have these children that are, that are like these little light beings that are coming in and they're like, I see right through that BS mama. Like I know what's going on in there. You know, so it's like, it's like for us to just be able to tell the truth, at, you know, in age appropriate ways, of course, right. with our children. But it's like now with my almost 10 year old, there's certain things that I can talk with her about that I'm not going to be talking about with my three year old, but it's like, 
you know, things around body, body image, which I know is such a huge piece and you write about it so beautifully. And it feels like that core wounding for women of that our bodies are not okay starts from a young age. And I know that you and your story and your path to love around your own body, will you share a little bit of that with, with us? Certainly. So I have a really weird history because my mother was a dancer Mm. and I followed in her footsteps. And so I, I started out with pure love of my moving body and of dance. And then when I, I was very clear, it was about embodying light and showing light. And I even just got chills. Yes. It was just, it was so beautiful. So pure. And then I went and got serious and went to a a professional training program and a conservatory and a boarding school, et cetera. And very quickly clued into the rules and the script for how to be taken seriously, which I think really echo what, what's given to women. You know, it's the same for being a woman as for being a dancer to, to some degree. So we know you have to be print pretty thin, pleasing on all the time, work past exhaustion, et cetera. And so I developed um, eating disorders and a, just a really cruel inner environment. I would call it a war with myself. Yeah. It was a certain period of time where I was trying to heal from eating disorder. Mm. I went home and I was trying to make peace with food. And so I was eating a little bit more than I had been. And I started to grow breasts and I was flat chested before that, which is, you know, not all women want that, but for dancers, that's a little bit easier. Mm. And my breasts started to grow and I was like, wait, I'm supposed to be healing, but then my body is antithetical to my dreams. And I think my body's against me. And so that's just one example of the things that were marking me as female or, you know, that really felt that were against me and in my way. And I, and I know that that's universal. If it, I know so many people are so happy to have breasts, but um, mm. so at the same time, I was very comfortable in my body and very well versed being a physical being. I really just carried around this sense. I am, I am deeply flawed because of my femaleness. And so please don't see me yet while I'm on stage performing and asking people to see me. So it was really weird cognitive dissonance uh, that took a while to, to heal. Um, and so I definitely, I think we are all born with some degree of in just absolute body love. You know, it's not even yeah. a thing. Yeah. Just take it for granted. Yeah. So, um, but I wasn't, so I was born that way, but I w- it took a while to get back to there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and so with moms right now, maybe they're going through something with their own children where they see it's like, you know, somewhere around age six or seven is when we develop that inner voice that the inner critic is born somewhere around that. It's part of normal human development of the psyche. And I, you know, and I saw it like a light switch with my daughter right around that age where I was like, Oh, do you ever say mean things to yourself? And one day she looked at me like I had two heads, like, what are you talking about? And then suddenly I asked her one, do you ever say mean things to yourself? Like inside? She was like, yeah, mommy, I do like, you know, and at the time she was so young, it was like about so-and-so might not like me or whatever, you know, but it, but it was really fascinating to watch the development of that. And so knowing that, you know, what would you say to those moms that are in that process of like, how can we as moms implant the most positive beliefs possible for our little ones? The first thing that comes to mind is, um, so I think that question you asked is amazing. Mm. 
And I wonder too about the the place that I've put a, a fair amount of attention is on whatever my son is feeling to do a couple of things with it. So most of the time, I'm not confronted by his joy or his exuberance for his wanting to have a dance party, right? right? I'm confronted by the emotions we're all confronted by, by him being rageful or angry or sad or unconsolable or whatever it is. Um, and uh, recently, there's he told me, he's he's like, now I, now I know what that word embarrass, embarrassed is. Oh. We, were, we witnessed embarrassment come on the scene. So it's a version, I think, of being yeah. negative. Totally, yeah. Um, so I think emotions need a couple of things. A, they need to have a stance of this is okay. This is, doesn't mean it's wrong or I'm wrong that I'm a mom who let this happen. Let my child be in pain. This is good. I'm going to put, put on your galoshes and your rain jacket and just be there for the storm. But you know, welcome. I, I, I can't tell you how many people have said, I just knew it was not okay to feel X, Y, and Z. Right. So I that's think not we, welcome in this house. That's not welcome. Go to your room, shut it off. Like that whole thing. Then, like you said, then there's care that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the fact that the temporary tattoo went on and had one little piece out of it is not actually does not warrant a 45 minute crying fit. But I get this is it's this emotion deserves to be dignified. Right. And so let's welcome it. Let's just, you know, we want to say things like, are you, what are you feeling or are you feeling to have them have a, a, like a positive mirror? Yeah. And maybe even I've done this a fair amount. Like when I was a little, little girl, I did that too. And that's right. really helpful for him. Um, and then we have to kind of wait a couple minutes, maybe, you know, for, we got to wait for the storm to do its thing. Cause if we try to fix who, what mom does not get so enraged by someone wanting to fix them too early on in the process. <laughs> totally. So I think there's a, let's let, like, let this emotion yeah. go. And then, you know, do you want help solving the problem? Or I might have some ideas how we can do this differently. And, yeah. and I think that that teaches them, gives mm-hmm. them the beliefs, what I feel, whatever I feel is okay. Right. And of course we're going to help them figure out how to be functional people in the world, but inside they're carrying around that there's not a feeling that marks them as deficient or as, or as not okay or as needy in the sense of, of unlovable. Um, and that, yeah, just a kind of a deep respect for feeling. Well, and, and it's like when I hear you talk about that and in my really shiny moments, yes. Right. It's like, yes, I can do that. I can hold space for those emotions, what have you. And then when you add in, you're at the store, you know, the grocery store, you know, one child's crying in the thing, the other one's this, this one just hit the, you know, whatever it is. It's like when we're in those moments where we don't feel t- turned on, where we don't feel connected to our feminine genius, like this comes back kind of full circle to where we started around when our light bulb is dim, it's really hard to be that, the mom that we have the potential yes. to be. And so then of course it wraps right back around to that self-care and to that doing our own work so that we can be lit up. And so we can have that, that bandwidth and capacity to be that kind of mom. And so I'm curious, like, I know that there's mamas that are watching this, that are listening to this right now, who feel like their lights are not turned on at all. They're feeling that all of those things that you talked about in the beginning, some of those things, 
what can, how can you help them get back into that place of being more turned on? What are the, some of those beginning steps there? And I want to say, I want to give as much as possible. And I want to say that the point isn't to be radiant turned on and all the time. I think that's just another should of how we should be. Totally. Oh, yes. Okay. So, uh, but however, I think we don't know, or we're working out our martyr complexes. So I think it's really good to have practices. I think if we have day in and day out bicep curls for overgiving, we have to do the, whatever the, you know, opposing muscle group of, of giving to ourselves or receiving. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. Here's just, let me start with a tiny bit of neuroscience and then I'll get to a couple practices. Love me some neuroscience. Great. Yeah. (laughs) So the thing about pleasure Mm. or joy, we usually think that's icing on the cake or that's reward for having worked hard. So we don't think of it as one of the, the food groups. We think I'll feel better once I've done my list or once everybody is served. And so by, by pleasure, I mean whatever has you feel good. Mm. So that could be, we're talking sexual, erotic, platonic, all of it. Now what happens in the body is that a lot of times those pleasure or joy sensations are go you know through your body up your spinal cord into your brain and pleasure releases dopamine which is a neurotransmitter transmitter of motivation and confidence and a sense of empowerment mm. so we think i'm going to feel motivated with another cup of coffee or i'm going to feel uh confident when i check off my to-do list and then get to the pleasure part but if we're actually noticing where can I have more pleasure and joy in my life. It is a direct correlation to feeling good about ourselves, right? The better we feel right now, the better we're going to feel about ourselves. Totally antithetical to the way that we think and act. So um, the, the thing I've been practicing with clients and myself over the years and absolutely have with mothering is a question that has now become kind of a reflex. I, I don't ask it, I, I do ask it, but it feels almost like a default setting. And it's mm-hmm. a simple question, which is how can I make this moment more enjoyable for myself mm-hmm. or more pleasurable for myself? Mm-hmm. And I think people, women are just gonna be, they'll resonate with one word or, or the other. And so this can, the, I love the question because when we ask ourselves a question, our brains love to come up with answers. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the question is, okay, well, goodness, what would make this more enjoyable? Here I'm stuck in traffic or here I am at the line at Target and one kid is crying and one kid is <laughs> pulling the other one's hair. Yeah. Um, and there are some times where other tools are needed, but it is revelatory to go more, in- wait, I thought I was supposed to be suffering right now. Right. <laughs> I know. This could be more fun or pleasurable or enjoyable. And I, what it activates is this resourceful, um, turned on part of us. Mm-hmm. And this could be minor. It could be take off my sweater, I'm too hot, or open the door, or I need to eat fresh cucumbers, or you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, I'm going to quit my job and right. go to the Peace Corps. Um, so I think, and then there's this one other part to the question, which is for myself. How can I make this moment more pleasurable for myself? And that's the part where it goes, wait, not for them, but for me. And 
I think what, what you start to embody and realize when you ask this question and get in the research of it is that when a woman is actually given to by herself and by others, and when she has enough and is radiant, she doesn't say screw you to everybody else in her life. Right. She doesn't become selfish. Actually, then she's got more to give. So this, I think, is a super high mileage question I suggest asking at least once a day or as much as you can think of. Uh, and that I think that for me, when I first learned this, I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, I say, I say what quality of time I'm having. Not 100%, right? We can talk about the, you know, the dark times too. But for the most part, I say whether I'm having a miserable time or whether I, you know, I'm wagging my tail. That is so powerful. So mamas, take this into your daily practice. Really. It's like, how can I make this more enjoyable for myself? And I know that as we step more into joy, it's like if our kids are in that different quote unquote vibration, so to speak, we'll say, like either we won't even notice what's going on with them anymore. I've had this happen, like where my kids are having a whole other world in the back of the car and I'm just like, I'm going to turn up my song and I'm just going to be rocking out myself. And as long as nobody's actually getting hurt back there, they're going to work it out. Like they yeah. can do their own thing. If that's the trip that they want to be on, I'm over here. You know? <laughs> and oftentimes what will then happen, of course, is then we inspire our children to join us because it's contagious, those higher vibrations, that the, the pleasure, the enjoyment. So, you know, so much so. So I, I, I love that so much. And I, and I really want to highlight what you said there, that as we do that, there's this inner mean girl, to put it in my context, like there's that inner critic inside of us that makes up the story that when we focus on ourselves, when we get more turned on, when we have more pleasure, when we have more joy, when we wake up more, that we're suddenly going to just leave everybody behind and say, screw you to everyone else, you know? And when the, got mine. the opposite is true, right? Like it's, it's, it's actually the exact opposite. Then we have more bandwidth to be the mom that puts on her galoshes, as you say, um, you know, and, and really be able to have the capacity to be with the kid that's having the tantrum in the middle of the store or at home or whatever, you know, as we're trying to get out the door. Yes. So it's, I, I love that. That is so powerful. And I hope that all of you listening will take that into your practice. So beautiful. And I will say, okay, not all partners get on board with this, but I remember a, a, probably my son was one and um, my husband kind of did a little using my words back to me in a really beautiful way. Um, and he said, because I was at having a form of what I know, I think we shouldn't even use the word mommy guilt, but you know, if I go take this dance class, hmm. right, or he's going to go to daycare a certain amount of time, my inner mean mom yeah. was saying you should be with him 24-7 or, you know. And he said, well, duh, let's do an experiment. Do you feel more turned on and lit up when you come back? And well, yeah, let's check it. How's he doing? Obviously, he's yeah. our first, you know, is he happy and healthy? But how do you feel when you come back? Yeah. Are you brighter or are you dimmer? And if you're brighter, we're on a good track. Let's keep doing that. So important. And I love that. I love that he said, let's do an experiment. Because then it's like, like you said, all of a sudden your brain's like, oh, we're doing an experiment. Yes. Okay. Well, let's, we're not committing to this. We're not going <laughs> seven days a week. We're going to be going to this class. Like we're just right. doing an experiment and seeing how it goes. 
Yeah. And uh, gosh, and you know, any of you mamas that have like a little newborn and maybe you're nursing while you're doing this, or you have cracked nipples while you're doing this or recovering from surgery while you're listening to the show or what have you just know that there is more light and it will get easier. I swear. And it's like you having those moments of even just giving yourself a gift of a shower today and enjoying the water on you and knowing that your baby's going to be okay while you take a shower. And I remember those times, oh my gosh, so deeply. So Amy, can can I throw one more thing in here? Please, please do. So uh, I was just remembering a time when my son was three months old and I had, we had a very complex birth. We were supposed to have a home and natural birth, which was my, my preference. Yes. So I was also recovering from an emergency C-section. My, my son was super healthy at the time, but um, I developed the kids that I was around had got hand, foot, mouth, which if you don't know, I'm really glad if you don't know what it is. Oh. It, it's related to the chicken pox virus. Usually adults don't get it. Yeah. I got a wor- like world's record case. And so it had, it's weeping, painful, itchy sores oh. on your hands, feet, mouth. That's why it's called hand, foot, mouth, like down my throat, inside my nose, can't touch anybody, can't take anything for it because I was breastfeeding. And I'm literally in pain and weeping sores like feel really like a leper and so I there was I just want to say to give something for a little bit for the converse they really went through my repertoire and there was not a ton of ways to make that moment more pleasurable or enjoyable yeah and um, I asked a friend uh, and she said look here's the visualization I do Mm. I just imagine that I've got a mama behind me like a big, like maybe, maybe it's the earth or it's the universal mother energy. And I can just lay back in the arms of the mother and just like, just, can you hold me for for right now? And so I just want to offer that one uh, because Mm. sometimes that's kind of maybe all you've got. And maybe it didn't change the level of pain I was dealing with, but it helped on some level it helped. So just to offer that one. I am so glad that you did. And I know that there's mamas that really needed to hear that. I I feel um, inspired. I had marked a passage that you, um, in your book, I've marked actually a lot of passages. Um, This one in particular was like, so for any of you mamas that are having a dark night of the soul, these are the words of Liana. In a dark night of the soul, you look out over your scorched earth, recognizing nothing, hearing only the, only the loud absence of all you have held close. Let me show you how this is indeed a blessing of the highest order. Let me show you what the fuck to do when you go down into the dark night, into the death rebirth cycle. Stay with me here. So this is why I want all of you to pick up this book is because not only does it have these tools in it to help you go back into the light, but it also has, um, I just felt so, I had a very strong dark night of the soul last year. And when I was reading this, I was just weeping because it, it, you described so beautifully the way that I was feeling in a way that I couldn't even describe for myself. 
And I know that you've walked through many of those yourself. And I know all of you mamas have your version of walking through those times. And so I want you to know if you're in one of those times, you must read this book. And if you've been in one of those times in the past, you must read this book. It's just such a powerful um, roadmap and guide, not, not just to find the way out, but just to tell the truth about what it is in those moments. So thank you. Mm, thank you. Oh, you know, that is the section of the book that I think that I've, I've made, I've got a lot of incredible feedback for, but I do think that it, that our, whatever we consider our darkness yeah. deserves, it deserves a kind of reverence and attention that really hard to find in the world and in popular culture. Really hard to find and really hard to find when we're moms because we have these little beings that are relying on us or you have this little child. And I love the way you talked about that too, of when you are in your own dark night of the soul and then it's like, okay, how do we function when we're in those places? And so there's so much practicality in the book too, of like, use this tool, try this on. And there is like that, you know, coming into that masculine trait of getting through it. Like there is part of that where we do need to soldier on, where you have to show up for work so the lights don't get turned off so that yeah. there's on the table for our little ones. And, and so it's, that, it's just one of the many reasons why I just love this book and love you and the work that you're doing in the world. And I'm so grateful to have you here on the show. So I know that we're, we're a little over mamas, but I'm going to ask you my final question, which I ask all the moms that are here on the show. And that is what is messy and what is magical about motherhood for you these days? Mm. Let's see. Messy. Um, so our home's peaceful, mm. which I'm grateful for. Mm. And so I'm, a little bit reassured that what's going on sometimes with my son is more developmental than acting out in an environment, but I like, I am working on being resourceful when he tries to hit me or he's doing this thing, which and it, it slowed down a little bit. I think he, when he crossed over from four to five and it's not actually that big of a deal, but I'm super resourceful in a lot of other areas. It's just one of those where I'm gathering resources. Um, so it's a little messy for me. And more, I do have more of the moments than I'd like of like, that wasn't the best thing to say. Right. I say that? that was not one of my finest moments. Okay. Yeah. Um, magical is, you know, I just really like hanging out with my kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm so fascinated by a developing being and personality. And I think there is just something about there is the kid ions or something. There's this just energy. I think maybe it's a little closer to source than sometimes we feel. Yeah. That just blasts out of them. That feels super present, super joyful, super holy just to be in their presence. Awesome. I love it. So um, Liana's website is lianasilver.com. And if you go to lianasilver.com, you can click on the book tab or you can go to lianasilver.com forward slash book and see a beautiful trailer about the book and receive some juicy bonus gifts when you buy your copies of the book. Highly recommend that you go there. And of course, those are in the show notes as well, those links. So with that, my dear, thank you so much for being here on the Mama Truth Show. It was such a joy. And mamas, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. Until next week, it's Amy Ehlers.
Signing off. Bye-bye, love. Everyone. Thanks for listening, mamas. Did you know that Amy has a new ebook out? It's called Sacred Self-Care for Moms. Seven steps to nurturing yourself so you can be the mom you were born to be. And you can receive your free copy by going to sacredselfcarebook.com. That's sacredselfcarebook.com. And please don't keep the Mama Truth Show a secret. The biggest compliment you can give is to share the Mama Truth Show with your loved ones and write a review on iTunes. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. <laughs>